0: Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. Hope is one. I mean, how many of you guys just believe that? Like how many of you guys enjoyed just worship today? My heart was burning as we were singing that song, especially as we sang the song that our worship team gave it up for our worship team. And you know it took hundreds of hours for Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan, Alicia and the team to lead us in that song and we're believing that's the first of many songs. How many of you, your heart was burning? That's our song, right? Hope has come, hope is one. Welcome to those on site and those watching online. Let me start off with a question this morning. How many of you are warriors? Raise your hand if you're a warrior. Right. If you're a worrywart and you don't know it, this might help you. You might be a worrier if every time you have a headache, you think you're going to have a brain aneurysm. <laughs> How many guys are married to somebody that they go to, they go to WebMD and they think it's the worst every single time? You might be a worrier if you hear any kind of noise in your house and you're convinced you're about to be murdered. Another way to know you might be, you might be a worrier if someone takes more than five minutes to accept your friend request or respond to your DM and you think they're ignoring you or they hate you. In a recent poll, they asked people, what do you worry about the most? Do you know what the number one response was? My appearance. It's not that I might lose my health in the midst of a pandemic, my life savings, our country is divided. No, how do I look in this outfit? Number one worry that most people have. Other things that made the list were people were worried about their credit card being declined in public. Other people were worried about the IRS auditing their finances. So let me ask you this. How many of you here this morning say, I never worry about anything? Raise your hand. You never worry. Okay, man, I was going to say you're a liar because we all worry about something. <laughs> Thank we got honest people in the first service. All of us struggle with this issue of worry, anxiety, and fear. I'm a natural worrier myself, and the biggest struggle that I'm facing right now that I face throughout my life is worry and trusting God. How many of you guys are there with me? Just worries of life just sometimes overwhelming, and I read an article this week as I was preparing the message. It said that personal stress right now in our country is the highest it's ever been. Americans last year, it doesn't surprise us, they spent 280 billion dollars on antidepressants, that's one-third of the money that was spent on prescriptions drugs went to antidepressants. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take prescription drugs. In some cases, it could be necessary. But what I am saying is that we as a society and individuals, are, we're struggling with depression, stress, and anxiety like never before. And just like a child who's afraid of the dark and needs an adult to turn on the lights and tell them, there's no boogeyman, don't worry. In the same way, we're like little children. And we need to hear the reassuring words of our Heavenly Father to give us proper perspective, sometimes in the darkest times that we face. And this morning, I want you to listen to the reassuring words of the God that loves you through the Apostle Paul as he talks to us about worry and anxiety. In Philippians chapter 4, he tells us how to stay calm under the pressures of life. Let me tell you a little bit about this the the scenario in the background where he's writing from paul is writing this letter from a prison in rome he's chained to another soldier constantly he's appealing his execution for preaching the gospel his life is literally at any moment they can take him away to be killed everybody thinks it's just a matter of time before he's gone and paul has every reason to be worried and anxious don't you think and the people receiving this letter are christians who are being persecuted by the roman emperor nero This is a group of people who aren't just concerned with, like, what am I going to wear to church? Or are we going to eat after church? Every time they go to church, they're putting their life on the line. So there is this constant anxiety and fear that is the backdrop of the emotions that Paul is writing with. And in Philippians chapter 4, he says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I want you to feel the headspace that's going on in Peter's and Paul's life. Literally, he's writing this as his chains are clicking, as the feet of the soldiers are walking down there that can take his life away at any moment. And he says something ridiculous like this, rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. You guys want to know the Lord is near in everything that you're going through? Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I want you to underline, circle, highlight, smiley face this. And the peace of God, that which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying in the midst of the craziness, in the challenges of life, you can have a peace that passes all understanding. This is what he says about that peace. That peace is like an ADT alarm system that will guard your heart and it will guard your mind against the anxieties of this world. How many of you guys would like to have an alarm system around your heart and your mind when anxiety begins to come? That literally the peace of God says, stop it, intruder, you can't get in here. That's what Paul is telling us. So let me ask you this. When you think of peace, what do you think of? Some of you think about a peaceful walk on the beach. Does this sound like peace to you? How many would like to leave church right now and head to Destin Florida and be in the beach going a cruise carnival please open those up again that's peaceful for many of us a picture of peace for me personally is this a Brazilian steakhouse <laughs> oh lord how many of you guys say amen? amen I love to eat not just I love to eat meat, 13 different types of meat, bacon wrap filet, top and bottom sirloin, ribeye Need I go on and they tell you you can eat till you can't eat anymore. Cheesy breads. Oh, Lord, help me. Feeling closer to Jesus right now. See, when I started walking with God, especially in this journey right now in church planting and building the church, he gave me a brand new picture of what peace looks like. And this is what peace looks like to me now. You might say, how can a picture of a raging water, breaking rocks, the pressure and wind and storm in the background, how how can that be peaceful? How many of you guys would say that's far from peaceful? But if you zoom in, you'll see a chain. You see a bird that's resting in the middle of a storm. And until you find this type of peace, a peace that passes all understanding, your constant companions will constantly be fear, worry, and anxiety. This bird is not freaking out. He's sleeping in the midst of the pressure and the rage. He can still sleep. Kind of like Jesus in the boat in Mark chapter 4. As the disciples are freaking out, as the storm is wrecking their boat, Jesus is asleep on the boat. And Jesus gets up, and what does he tell the disciples? You have little faith. Why does he say that? Not because they're afraid. Not because they're afraid of the storm. Because they thought them being in the storm removed them from the presence of Jesus and the power of Jesus able to work in his life. Jesus said this in John 16, It's not one of my favorite verses. you ever get a verse that you could highlight, take out of the Bible? This is one of them. He says, in this world, you'll have trouble. Trouble. What that word trouble means? Trouble. <laughs> Things aren't going to go like you plan. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I hate to bust your bubble, but in this world, some of you are young. You've got a thick head of hair. One day, you're going to develop a bald spot. That forehead will turn to a six head. That beautiful hair will turn white. That girl that is perfect right now, you've never fought in your life. One day as you're married or you live, you gonna have baby mama drama one day. That dream home that you bought, you could have foundation problems. Life is filled with all kinds of trouble, according to Jesus. But he says, take heart. Don't worry. Take residence in the person who overcame it all. Here's the truth I want you to understand this morning. God promises promises peace and his presence, not the absence of pressure. I'll say that again. God promises peace and his presence, not the absence of the pressure of life. Unless you understand this, you will constantly be frustrated in your relationship with God. Let me tell you. Early on in my journey with Jesus, I was disappointed in God all the time. How many of you guys have ever been disappointed with God? God, I would say things like this: God, I thought you were faithful. God, why would I go through this? God, where are you? God, I took a step of faith. Lord, you let me down. How many of you guys ever said that too to God? Or was it just me? And what God says is, "You're at the contract run, bro." The world's standard of peace and my standard of peace is totally different. The world says peace is a walk on the beach, that it's lilies and roses and rainbows and it's simple. But God promises peace in the midst of a storm. When all hell is breaking loose, he says you can still have peace. He does not, he promises this. I want you to understand. He promises his presence. He promises his power. But he does not promise us the absence of the pressures and the trials of life. Let me tell you, peace is not a place you go, a song you listen to. It's a posture of your heart. And it's only found in the presence of Jesus. And I brought this weight to demonstrate. Peace this morning. Because this is peace. This is a great analogy, I thought. Good thing we have some strong guys in the front, just in case I can't lift it. But this life, this bar right here, is your life. Just picture this. This is your life. And it's life. As long as there's no pressure, no weight, no burdens, it's good. I don't mind getting under life. And I can lift this all day long. I got this. Man, if, as long as I'm planning my life... And as, life, as long as life goes according to my plan, I can do this all day long. Man, there's no problems, there's no struggles because I can just make it through life. But let me tell you something I come to find out: life never goes as planned. Never. Nobody asks one day for marriage problems, but they come, right? Marriage come, marriage problems come to. All of us in challenges. Nobody says that one day you go through a pandemic. There'll be all kinds of struggles. You might lose your job. It'll affect your business. Nobody plans on that. Nobody plans for a child to go crazy on you. Nobody plans that. But it happens. N- nobody plans on that. Hey, man, some of you are like, I thought I was going to be a size six on my life. <laughs> then COVID hit. Couldn't work out. Welcome to size 12. <laughs> and here's what happens. It's all right when we're lifting with no pressures of life. But sometimes life will give you pressure. Pressure that we didn't put on, pressure that we didn't ask for. And I don't I don't want to lift that. I didn't plan on that. That wasn't my plan. But guess what? You still have to, because it's there. So you, you, you get under the pressures of life in this way. Somebody help me. Lord. And you start shaking and it becomes heavy and difficult. And you're like, oh I, I, I don't ah, this ah, ah, ah. <laughs> life can be hard. How many of you guys feeling a little bit like the pressures of life, like that right now? You buckle under the pressure, but but let me tell you, without pressure, you don't really know if you have peace. I'll say that again. Without pressure, you don't really know if you have peace. And here's the thing about pressure: it builds your spiritual muscle and your spiritual strength. Meant both. Paul says this, James says this, Peter says this, that it's the pressures and the trials of life that begin to develop a faith in us that is going to last. So pressure sometimes is your friend if you learn to have peace in the midst of the pressure. And this is what Paul says. That if we're going to make it through the difficulties, we need to invite God into our life. So what's interesting is people say you can handle the big things. Like the debt, the marriage problems. I can handle having one crazy kid as long as I have two good ones, right? But you know what really takes us out? It's the little things. My car didn't start today. Oh. My boss is a jerk. I 35 is crazy. The pressure, right? It's the little things. I got my stupid property taxes. And it's going to cost me more than my mortgage. What are they thinking? How am I going to pay this? And what happens in life is the pressure keeps building. And we can buckle under the pressure. Some of us this morning, we're buckling under the pressure. But I love the Word of God. Because Paul, in this passage, teaches us how to be calm under pressure. I want to give you an acrostic for calm, and it'll help you. And it's all from the Word of God. The first thing that Paul tells us is that we're going to stay calm under pressure and handle the pressures of life. He says this We are to celebrate what God has done in our lives. Verse 4 says this Paul tells us to rejoice. And again, I say it. He repeats it again. Rejoice, because it's so easy to forget. Paul says, don't meditate on the mess, because the more you stare at the problem, the bigger it gets. You know what? Worry exaggerates the problem. Paul says, instead of focusing on the problem, focus on God's faithfulness. Look what he says in verse six don't be anxious about anything. But there's what? No no matter what it is, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and with, I want you to underline this, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let me tell you, thankful people are happier people. They're more carefree people. When you're not thankful, you become entitled. You become weighted down. Let me tell you, it's hard to be stressed out and to be thankful at the same time. That's why why Paul says this, two times in verse 4 and then again in verse 6. That we to rejoice, rejoice, and be thankful. He's trying to get his point across to us. Let me ask you this question. Are you thankful for all that God has given you? I have a question for you. What if you woke up this morning and the only thing you had left is what you had thanked God for yesterday? What would you have? Think about that. What have you thanked God for in the last 24 hours? Many of us wouldn't have very much if we're honest. See, Thanksgiving is like a spiritual supplement. It gives you strength. He says, I know it's difficult. I know it's challenging. I know it's a lot of weight. Lord, help me. But I thank you, God, that you got me up in this morning. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for providing for me. I thank you that my car started. I thank you got a roof over my head. Thank you that the AC is working. Oh, Lord, please, thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, please help me. And I begin to thank him, and the thankfulness of God just begins to give me courage to go through the life. And sometimes we got to thank him, not just for what he has done done we should thank him for what he hasn't done oh lord thank you for protecting me from that crazy lady lord i prayed that i would marry her but god you closed that door thank you lord i love you jesus lord thank you for that job that you you didn't give me lord because you directed me to another place and as we're thankful it gives you a spiritual strength to lift things that you cannot lift on your own and when you celebrate what god has done in the past It builds your faith for the future. Because if God was faithful back, then let me tell you, he'll be faithful again. So C for calm is celebrate what God has done. And A is this, ask for God's help. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Anxiety and fear trigger either despair or prayer. I'll say that again. Anxiety and fear trigger either despair or prayer, and we must choose wisely what we choose. The path to peace is always paved with prayer. Paul in verse 6 says this, don't be anxious, underline that word be, about anything. That's good advice, but it's really hard to live out, isn't it? The word be means continual state. Paul is saying, don't live in a continual state of worry and anxiety because life is going to hit you. You will have moments of worry and anxiety, but sitting there and letting it consume you, that's not healthy. Paul says, don't let your emotions and your circumstances lead you to worry. You need to intentionally trust God through prayer. And when we pray, we are trusting God to move in that situation because if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. We need to learn to ask God for his help. Because life is going to put some weight that you don't want on it. One day, you might lose your job. You weren't expecting that. Another time might be coming, your car might break down, and the mechanic's gonna tell you it costs way too much to fix. For some of us, we'll have a bill in a financial situation that will come up that'll wipe out our savings. That we and Dave Ramsey have been saving for this moment our whole lives. But not even Dave Ramsey's financial plan can allow you to pay for that. Because life happens. One day you might wake up with a perfect bill of health, and all of a sudden you go to the doctor and they tell you your life will never be the same again. For some of us, Somebody who's been a rock in our lives, somebody who was always there for us, passes away. And now we have some weight. Major weight. A lot of weight. How many of you guys think I can lift this? Neither do I. I don't think I can lift it either. I don't want to get a hernia in church. I, I know I can't lift it, but here's the challenge: I have to. How many of you guys ever been in a place where, like, the weight of the world is on you? I, I don't care if I can't lift it or not; it, 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 it's where I'm at. Oh, I don't want to even get under there. How many of you guys have ever felt that? And here's the reality: this is where depression. And even worse, suicide steps in. Because people can't lift the pressure of life. And Paul says, he gives me good news. I don't have to lift this weight on my own. He says, I should ask for God's help. Peter tells us the same thing in a different way in 1 Peter 5, 6. He says, humble yourselves. Therefore, under God's mighty hand. I love that. And he will lift See that word, underline that, lift you up in due time. Then he says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We we like verse 7, cast all our anxiety on him. But we don't like verse 6 because you can't get to verse 7 without verse 6. you got to humble yourselves. you got to say, God, this is too big for me. Lord, I need you. No matter how much I try, I can't get this. I need your help. And we got to learn to leave our concern with God and not carry it ourselves. The L for calm is this. Leave your concern with God. When you trust that God cares for you, you can trust that God will take care of all your cares. I want you to hear a story of a dear friend of mine. She's amazing. She attends our church, and she has learned to trust God with the cares of her life, even when they felt overwhelming. Watch the screens.
1: Hi, my name is Leslie. In March 2008, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, an autoimmune disease that attacks the central nervous system. During that difficult time in my life, I was in a deep depression, thinking that my life was over. After months of feeling trapped in my own worries and fears, I asked God to give me peace because I was so scared of the future with this disease. Through His word, the Lord reminded me that my future is in His hands and that He is in control. I felt peace in my heart and from that moment on, I started living my life one day at a time. In 2020, I felt at peace and didn't panic through the worst of the COVID pandemic. My first thought was that God is in control and that no matter what the outcome, he will take care of me and my family. I live my life one day at a time, casting my cares on him because I know that he cares for me. Wow.
0: God cares for you. Do you trust him or do you step in and try to be in control? The definition of worry is owning your own problems and owning problems that God never intended you for, to own. Humility says this. I'm not in control. Some of you, just raise your right hand right now. You say this. Just raise your hand. Say, say, repeat after me. I hereby resign as ruler of the universe. I acknowledge God that you're God and I'm not. I need you. Doesn't that feel better right already? Many of us have an attitude that says this. If it's gonna be, it's up to me. If it's gonna be, it's up to me. I'll control my finances, I'll control my health, I'll control my relationships, I gotta get in control. That's about as dumb as me getting in the plane and getting ready to fly. And I say, We're gonna fly. Come on, come on, come on, I gotta get more energy. I gotta get up here. Oh, come on, I'm good. Like, and some of us are trying to fly and get lift on a plane that we can never lift on our own. Say so me, tell me, in life, either you're in control or God's in control. It can't be both. So I want to give you a little quiz this morning to tell you, see if you're a control freak. First one, do you ever help people drive? (laughs) A, only when asked. B, only when they're doing it wrong. (laughs) If you answered B, you're a control freak. Okay, this is going to get a little more practical. How many... Unread messages are currently in your email inbox right now. A, triple digits, probably mostly junk. B, as of five minutes ago, zero. I better check. (laughs) If you answered B, you're a control freak. Here's, Here's a really telling one. How do you react when someone loads the dishwasher improperly? A, there's a wrong way. Or B, I weep for humanity as I reloaded properly. (laughs) If you answered B, you're a control freak. Let me tell you, if you try to control the situations and circumstances of your life, anxiety, fear, and worry will be your constant companions. Paul says we are to humble ourselves, acknowledging our limitations, and we are to call on God's, I like said, Mighty right hand. He comes in and he will lift the anxiety. He will lift the worries of life. The term mighty hand of God is significant. In Exodus chapter 3, you, says, you see that God says that my mighty hand will deliver you from Egypt. God's mighty hand was always referred when God wanted to describe how he would move on behalf of his people. And here Peter is saying, if you humble yourself before God because you're his servant guess what that same mighty right hand that delivered egypt that same mighty right hand that did the miracles in the old testament will begin to lift the problems that you're facing right now you just got to call on god's mighty right hand that's good preaching but james also says this about god's hand that he opposes the proud but it gives grace to the humble So I got to lift. Like, Lord, man, just this week, I I got some news about a certain situation I was believing for, and it was way worse than I thought, way, way, way worse. Weights are coming. How many of you guys ever had some of those meetings even this week? You're like, Lord, I still got to go through it. How, How am I going to do this? But his mighty right hand steps in the situation. That's what prayer looks like. I want to demonstrate what prayer looks like. It's God lifting the problems for you. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your requests known to God. You say, God, this is difficult. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm not going to deal with those people. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this situation. But, Lord, help. God, I need your help. Help me right now. And as we yell for God's help, guess what happened? God begins to step into the scene right now. And God begins, as we get back there, as we're getting ready to lift, God comes out of nowhere. And he says, okay, you don't have to do it on your own. God, come up here. We need your help. Hey, this is just an illustration. This isn't God. He's built like a God, but he's not God. (laughs) But that mighty right hand can help me to live things that I could never do by myself. I'm saying, God, I know I can't do this on my own. I know I can't, Lord. It will crush me. I'll get hernias everywhere. I'll die. But, Lord, if you would help me, Lord, there's this circumstance that I'm facing right now in my family. They're sick. I need, this, I need a miracle in my job situation. God, I can't do it on my own. You see, this is prayer. You're saying, God, would you help me? God, I got to go through this. I can't get around it. And what God does, he handles the pressure. And that pressure is there. And he's guiding us. And it feels light because God is with us. We don't have to do it by ourselves. God will come down here and it feels just as light. Go and stay up there, God, just a little bit right there. It feels just as light as the other. Because God has carried much more weight than I could ever handle. I don't have to fear. I don't have to be anxious because God's mighty right hand is doing the lifting. All I got to say is, God, help me with the pressures of life. And the M for calm to calm down is this, meditate on good things. Paul writes in verse 8, finally, as he wraps this up. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is what, this is what Paul is saying. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control what you think of. Chuck Swindoll says this, worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. Why is it at 3 in the morning, we wake up, we're awakened by a dream. If you're old, you have to pee. And you're awake. Some fear or anxiety often grips you. Then you start playing the what-if game. You guys ever played that what-if game? Some of you know what I'm talking about. What if this happens? What if that happens? And all of a sudden, you find yourself so overcome with fear and anxiety. Anxiety comes at you like a West Texas tornado sucking every loose tumbleweed into the sky. And the stress you're experiencing isn't out there. It's in here. It's between your ears. Because what you fill your mind with will determine your stress levels. That's why Paul says meditate on good things. Corrie Boom, who was a Dutch Christian girl in World War II during, during uh, all the challenges with Nazi Germany. Her family would take in Jewish families and they'd hide them from the Nazis. And one day the Nazis found out that they took in Jewish friends. And they not only took away the Jewish people away from her, the Jewish friends, but they took Corey and all her family with her. They were taken to death camps in Poland. Corey lost her entire family. She was the only one that survived, but she wrote a book about her experiences, and she wrote something in that book that I've never forgotten. It says this. If you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. But when you look to God, you'll be at rest. If you feel like this morning that... The enemy is trying to crush you with the pressures of life. God has a word for you. You know what that word is? Calm down. Humble yourself before God's mighty right hand. And in due time, He will lift you up those burdens. So celebrate what God has done. Ask God for His help. Leave your concerns with God and let him handle them. Don't try to be God. Meditate on good things. And when you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and it will guard your mind. And we say, Lord, today I'm going to celebrate all that you've done in my life, God. I'm going to acknowledge that I need your help, God. I am going to leave my burdens to you. God, you ready, God? You ready? We got this, God, right? Let's do this. Oh! Oh! And you're like, yes! And you got to get up another day, and the burdens are still there. So you get up one more time, God. We're going to get him. I got this, God. You ready, God? We got this. Come on. Another day, God. Come on. We got this. Lord, I'm trusting in your strength. I'm trusting in your power. I got this. This isn't me. I don't have to carry it. You are guiding me. Here we go. Ah! 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 when you know that God has your back and that his mighty right hand is ready to act it changes the way you live God can give you a peace that passes all understanding You can live with a new confidence that you no longer need to be burdened down with the anxieties and the pressures of life. And the reason many of you have so much anxiety and you're dealing with so much is because you are trying to make things happen on your own. You're trying to take burdens that only God can carry. And this morning, I pray that this will talk to you and say that you would say, God, I humble myself. I need you. I trust you. And you will see God's mighty right hand move in that situation. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.